0: I'm Kyle Northcutt. Welcome to the Kids Learn Career Show. Each week, I ask a different person about their job so you can know what your options are out in the world. My guest today is Polina Pompliano, founder and author of The Profile. Polina, welcome to the show. Thanks, Kyle. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for being here. First off, can you tell me what The Profile is and what it's like being the founder and author?
1: Yes. So the profile um, is a newsletter and a media company that I started that studies the most successful and interesting people and companies um, across a number of industries like business, entertainment, tech, sports, and, and more.
0: Cool. So what kinds of things do you actually do day to day at work? So it's a lot of reading and a lot of writing.
1: (laughs) I know that sounds really simplistic, but um, basically what I do is, it's very similar to what you do. So you right now are interviewing people that you find interesting and you want to learn from. For me, it's very similar in that I identify a person that I want to learn from, and I do a deep dive on their life and their career and their business or whatever they're doing and kind of understand the path of how they got there. Uh, So today, for example, I published one on Steve Kerr, who started as a player in the NBA, played with like Michael Jordan and all these uh, big name players. And then he went on to become a coach of the Golden State Warriors. Um, And I kind of studied his life and his personal life, his professional life. And it's really interesting because um, on a day-to-day basis, basically all I do is I read a lot of profile articles on them. I watch a lot of video interviews that they've done. And I listen to a lot of podcasts where they've been interviewed. And I try to get a sense of who the person is kind of their essence and like what, um, and how they've approached their life and their career.
0: Cool. So how did you get the idea to start writing about interesting people? So uh, I it, it's, it's very much about
1: how I learn. So the way that I learn, and I've always done this, even when I was in school, and I remember sitting in a classroom and my worst subject in school was history. Like history class, I just couldn't, you know, they would be like, okay, in the French revolution. And I'd be like, oh, I don't, I can't remember this. So what I would do when I got home is say, okay, how can I, actually learn about the French revolution without just memorizing everything that my teacher said <clears throat> and the way I would do it is I would identify the key players in the French I'd so like uh, Marie Antoinette for example and she was really interesting so I would do a deep dive on Marie Antoinette and try to understand her life and how she fit into the context of the French revolution and develop like an emotional connection with that person that would help me remember so then I was like okay well I like learning by studying people and their lives and putting their lives in context of the time they lived in. So when I was a reporter at Fortune magazine, I had some extra time on my hands and I was like, I really like this. Uh, I learned by reading long form profile articles of people and companies. Why don't I just put it together in an email, like a newsletter and send it to family and friends so we can talk about it. And that's, that's how I started.
0: Mm, cool. So you talked about this a tiny bit um, in the previous question, but did you consider other jobs or careers before this one, and can you tell us a bit about the path you took to get there?
1: Yes. um, So... I was always interested in journalism um, ever since high school. In high school, I joined the student newspaper. So that's kind of where my love for like research and interviewing people and writing started. So then when I got to college, I majored in journalism, and then I had internships at CNN and USA Today. And then I graduated from college and really struggled to find a job in media because um, media goes through cycles and a lot of people got fired and laid off and it's a really tough business. But I was determined to find a job somewhat related to what I wanted to do. And then I ended up working at a startup company. Uh, And I know you've interviewed people who have startups or work at startups. Um, so I was just one of the early employees at a media startup and I spent six months there. And then from there, I joined fortune magazine, um, which is business journalism. I had no background in business journalism or anything like that, but I learned, I love to learn. And I was like, I just, just get me in the door. I will learn whatever you need me to learn. And I ended up being there for four or five
0: years, um, as a reporter. Wow. So what do you like most and least about your job?
1: About my job now? Um, It's so interesting because I never in my life thought that I would be an entrepreneur. I never thought that I would work for myself. I always assumed that I would have a boss. So this is very new for me um, and I really love it. I love the freedom that comes with it. I love the independence of being your own boss and working for yourself. So my favorite part about my job is that I get to decide what I work on, when I work on it, and who I do business with, which are decisions that I never would have made if I was just some employee at a company. But what I like least is that it's kind of a it's kind of an individual thing. Right. So I work by myself most of the time, unless I get together um, with somebody else like Anna, for example, who you've interviewed. um, She lives close by. So sometimes we work together from a coffee shop. Uh, But it is a very, you know, lonely uh, job whereas before you were in an office with so many people. But I think you can actually tweak that um, to surround yourself with interesting people while you work. So it doesn't have to be that way. I just think that right now it is very, um, like it's focused on me for the most
0: part. Mm. So who are a few of your favorite people to interview and why?
1: Yeah, ooh. So I've interviewed a lot of interesting people One, um, I interviewed Melinda Gates one time, and she was very interesting. She's as busy as you might imagine. Um, I only had 30 minutes with her on the phone. So I was like, all right, I got to make the most of this. And the reason I liked interviewing her is because What I do in preparation for my interviews is that I look up everything that this person has done before and uh, kind of the questions that they've been asked. And I try to ask none of those questions. I try to ask my own questions that I know they haven't been asked. And I try to kind of like make them think during the interview. Um, So that was an interesting one. And um, a person that I would like to interview who... I'm still trying to interview is Dwayne The Rock Johnson. So I'll let you know. Uh, Maybe you could interview him before I do.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So if you can interview just one more person ever, and they could be dead or alive, who would that be?
1: Yeah. So I've interviewed a lot of like, and learned about a lot of interesting, successful people. But I think the person that I would interview Would be my dad's dad, so my grandfather, and he's passed away. And the reason I would do that, and I think it's so interesting, is because when we're young people, like your age, my age, we're rarely that interested in our family history. We become interested once those people have passed away, and then you're like, huh. Like my grandfather was young once too. I wonder what he thought about this or that or whatever, or how he met my grandmother, all these things. I think that the best stories are actually within our own families. Um, And it would be actually very interesting, for example, for you, if you could interview some of your family members now and then look back on it in 10 years and be like, wow, like look at how much has changed or something like that. But kind of keeping a, a family his, a record of family history would be so interesting. So I'd probably interview my grandfather. Cool.
0: So now a word from our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by Kids Green Team, a business startup kit I created with my friend Micah. Here's the problem we learned about that we couldn't ignore. Your city doesn't recycle plastic grocery bags, shipping air pillows, bubble wrap, and other plastic like that. Whether you throw them in the trash yourself or put them in your curbside recycling bin, they're headed for a landfill, or worse, the ocean. But that's where my friend Micah and I come in. We've built an entire course to teach kids like us how to turn this unnecessary waste into a successful business, profitable from month number one. Check it out at kidsgreenteam.com. Let's do some good together. Okay, now back to the show. What level of education do you have? Was that required for your job? So I graduated with a bachelor's
1: degree in uh, actually in newspapers, not even journalism, in newspapers in 2013 from the University of Georgia. And what was so interesting is that I graduated with my major in college was newspapers. Now that's not even a major anymore. It's journalism or you know communications or media or something like that. And the reason I say that is because absolutely the thing that I am doing today absolutely did not exist when I was in college and nothing that I did I mean some things prepared me for this uh, but if you had told me when I was in college that I would make a living writing a newsletter that I would send to people that
0: that wasn't even feasible because that didn't exist yet wow so how much money would someone starting out in your field expect to make and what's long-term income potential Yeah. Okay. I love this question. And I love that you're asking it because
1: so few people actually talk about money and money is still a very taboo thing. I think that when somebody looks at like, oh, Paulina sends a newsletter and she makes money like that. They probably think I make like $10 a month. But the truth is that if you, if you have distribution, if you build your podcast to be big enough, if I build my newsletter to be big enough, the beauty is that you can make money via a whole host of channels. You can have advertisers, you can have sponsors, you can um, go direct to the consumer. So your podcast listeners could pay for your podcast directly. For me, most of my revenue is Uh, direct. So I have, I send a newsletter and people pay for it. Um, That direct relationship with the reader is so valuable because it's uncapped. That means that I could make $10 a month, or if it's valuable enough, and if I have enough people on my newsletter list, it could go up to the thousands, to the tens of thousands of dollars a month, to some people are making a million dollars a year from a newsletter, which is wild. But I think that this is the beauty of um, subscription businesses is that there is unlimited potential and you can just continue to compound month after month.
0: Cool. So how much free time do you have? Like do you work a traditional 40-hour work week more or less? So I probably definitely work more
1: now than I did at my traditional job as a reporter, where I probably worked about 40 hours a week. Um, I probably work more now, but I have a lot more flexibility. So what that means is like, I don't have to work eight to five or nine to five or whatever, uh, uninterrupted and sitting at a desk, what I might do is in the morning, I might work, then I might go work out and exercise. And then I might come back and work at 9pm on my newsletter. So the hours are weird, but the flexibility is is great. And I think that that's what matters to me the most.
0: Cool. So what advice do you have for young people considering what you do for their job?
1: Yeah. So know that, know that what you end up doing as a job or for work may not even exist yet. Some people are out here, you know, designing video games. That's not necessarily something that five years ago, 10 years ago, you would have gone to school learning how to do. A lot of these people learn to design video games because they themselves played video games uh, in their free time. So my advice would be pay attention to what you enjoy doing in your free time that's not work or school and, and kind of double down on that and get really, really good at that
0: because in the future that may one day make you money. Wow. So this one is borrowed from Tim Ferriss, a best-selling author and one of the top podcasters in the world. What is one of the best or most worthwhile investments you've ever made?
1: Ooh. Okay. So when I was, when I first moved to New York and I was maybe 23 years old, I, for four years, I mentored a high school student and I helped her with her application to go to college and things like that. The reason that was such a good investment for me, uh, even though it didn't pay, it wasn't a paid opportunity, it wasn't anything like that. It's just something I enjoy doing, working with this young person, is that it transfers knowledge from me to someone younger and helps them kind of learn and make decisions as they go on. Um, So I, I genuinely think like whatever skills you're learning a lot of us have a responsibility to pass those skills on or help guide a younger person so that they can um, better develop in their career and their craft. Uh, and I think that that's one of the most gratifying investments you can
0: make. Wow. So is there a time in your life where you felt like you completely failed at something, but it ended up helping later on in life? Yes, Um, So when I graduated from high school, you know how,
1: you know, well, you'll see, I guess, (laughs) but a lot of um, all my friends were freaking out. They were like, where am I going to go to college? Am I going to get accepted? And I was really into journalism. So I looked up what's the best journalism school in the country. And it was at Northwestern University. So I was like, well, I got to go to Northwestern, except for the fact that I didn't get in. So when I didn't get in, I was like, oh, my God, I'm a failure. Like everything's just I'm never going to be a reporter. And I had all these crazy thoughts um, because of all the pressure. And when that didn't work out, I ended up going to the University of Georgia. But I they also had a good journalism school. But, you know, um, I thought it was I had failed because I didn't get to do what I wanted to do. And then you find out you grow up and you realize, oh, thank God, I went to this other school that was much less expensive. So now I don't have debt. So now I can go on to live in New York. And I don't have to be focused on like paying off my student loans, things like that, that really makes a big difference. And recently, actually, I spoke to a class at Northwestern, um, about the profile and it's a complete 180. Like you think, you know, oh my God, I'm never gonna, I'm a failure or whatever. And then you end up being a speaker at the school that rejected you. No better feeling.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So is there a person in your life, like a parent, grandparent, teacher, coach, or mentor that made a huge impact on you? If so, in what way? And would you like to give that person a quick shout out? Yes. So when I was eight years
1: old, my family and I moved from Bulgaria to the United States and my parents were I think my mom was 29 and my dad was like 33 and when they moved to the US none of us spoke English we didn't have any money we didn't know anybody it was a it was a really hard time but I like now being their age Now, um, I cannot imagine the sacrifice that you would have to make because they were essentially investing in my future. The reason they moved here is so that their child could have a better life than they did. So I think a lot of times we um, underestimate uh, and kind of take for granted our parents and their sacrifices for our future.
0: Cool. So knowing what you know now, would you have done anything differently growing up?
1: I would have taken more risks and failed at more things. I think I was a very risk averse child. I didn't wanna try that many things that I thought I might be bad at, but in turn, I lost a lot of like fun and learning uh, because how do you know you're not gonna be good at it if you don't try it, right? Um, So I would have tried more sports, I would have tried more clubs, I would have done what you're doing and tried to start something on my own that I could tie my own name to that could succeed or fail based on whether I was good at it. I think, I think I would have done more of that.
0: Cool. So what's the best advice you have for young people who want to be successful in life and in their work? Yes. What I've learned from studying so many successful people is
1: that they've developed their own unique way of doing things themselves. So most people they make the mistake of idolizing, right? So they idolize someone, they're like, wow, that's my idol, I would do anything to be like them. What they don't think is like, what has that person sacrificed or what has gone wrong in their life that they gave up in order to have this success? So the best advice I have is identify the people that you admire, that you want, that you admire their path or their career, but then try to talk to those people and ask them all the questions about, What's unglamorous about your life? What do you not like? Did you sacrifice your personal life and not have as much fun in order to be so successful at work? All these things are really important. And by learning and not idolizing, you can actually take the best parts of somebody's path and implement them into your own life, learn from them, and then create your own style of doing things. And that's what's going to make you successful.
0: Awesome. Thanks, Polina. Now it's time for the joke of the day. What room doesn't have doors? What? Uh, I don't know. What is it? A mushroom.
1: (laughs) Oh, I love jokes. I'm so happy you have a joke of the
0: day. That's amazing. Thanks. Thanks again for joining us on the Kids Learn Career Show. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and tell your friends. See you next time.